Welcome to the Beauty Edit podcast from the industry.fashion. In this series, we will explore the stories behind some of the beauty industry's most prominent figures. From brand owners to editors, influencers to retailers, we discuss everything from tech to trends and products to projections. The Beauty Edit podcast is produced in proud partnership with Klarna. Claire Shred is the co-founder of the award-winning hair care and salon brand Umberto Giannini. Unusually for a leading beauty industry figure, Claire started her career as an artist and after leaving art college, she worked for many years as a mural painter, eventually founding Inardec, which created large-scale murals, mostly for the nightclub industry. It was during this time that Claire met the award-winning hairdresser Umberto Giannini, who in the mid-90s commissioned her to design his latest salon. The rest is history, as the pair went on to become partners and have two children. In 1998, and with Claire's help, the Umberto Giannini product range was launched, featuring the iconic lipstick-shaped bottle designed by Vogue creative director Robin Derrick. A few years later, the range was extended with what were then revolutionary products, such as the iconic Curl Scrunching Jelly, which continues to be the company's biggest seller and the UK's number one best-selling curl product. Soon after Umberto's tragic death in 2001, Claire took over the running of the business, bringing to it her artistic flair as well as her strong vegan and ethical views. In this podcast, Claire talks to me, Gail Walker, contributing editor at TheIndustry.Fashion, about the brand's colourful history and her intrinsic belief in the power of putting people and the planet first. It's a belief which, after many months of hard work, has just led the company to achieving B Corp status, a milestone achievement of which Claire and her all-female team are incredibly proud. So welcome to the podcast, Claire. Hi. And thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. You? Yeah, we're really good, thank you. Sun's shining, non-essential retail has just opened up. So exciting times. I mean, how you know, how have uh, the recent days been for you with, with the relaxation of the rules? Well, I mean, bumper retail week, which is amazing to see people back in stores. Um, of course, we have a chain of salons as well. So Yeah, you must have been quite booked, were you? Yeah, we're really, really booked. And it, it's been so fantastic, actually, for hairstyles they felt so valued (laughs) absolutely absolutely and I guess the challenge is keeping those bookings going kind of sustaining that that demand but I mean it can't be easy operating and presumably you're operating at quite reduced capacity as well yes there's been a lot of adjustments um, and you know the team have been amazing actually because they I don't think anybody actually has has not managed to to fit in with all of the plans across all of the salons which mm. which is great and they really care about their customers that's the thing um you know their personal relationships hair hairstylist to customer and absolutely I think my my um hairstylist knows more about me than some of my best yeah. friends do <laughs> exactly so yeah they've really missed that interaction I think oh well listen before we get into the detail of this talk and um, just for the benefit of our listeners Claire would you mind just kicking us off by telling us a little bit more about yourself but also about your role in the business and how that role has changed over the years because it certainly um, always has been and, and continues to be an incredibly pivotal one. Yes yeah, sure so I um, I'm, I'm not hairdresser or, or business trained actually I went to art school 
Um, so my background is very much in creative. Um, and I met Umberto back in the 90s. Uh, I was at the time doing large scale murals for mostly the nightclub industry, which was a really, really big industry at the time. 90s clubbing was pretty immense. <laughs> and we met um, because uh, Umberto was opening up a flagship salon and wanted something really different for the interior. Um, and that's kind of how the brand's always been, really, in that what, whatever the status quo is, we want to do something different. So at the time, salons were really sort of black and stainless steel and really hard looking and actually so not feminine in any way. Um, so actually, that was a really lovely project to be able to do. And we brought some painting into the environments and just thought about customer first type interiors. So we met in, in that way and became partners. Um, we have two, two children together. And I then got involved um, on the product side of the business. So my own business um, was still very much um, a priority, but uh, Umberto had a dream to launch his own products. So we got together on that and um, I helped design, obviously, the range and the, the feel with the amazing Robin Derrick, who was creating the Vogue at the time. Um, and so my role started out very much still on the creative, whether it's the salon interiors or PR campaigns, art directing Umberto shoots, um, that sort of thing. Um, then, sadly, as you know, Umberto passed incredibly young and, and um, soon. So I then really was forced to take over everything um, and uh, did so um, prob probably a, a bit of running away from grief as well. You know, when you have massive happen to you, sometimes throwing yourself in is... is just how you tend to react, whether it's bad, I don't know. So that's what I did. Um, and that was back in 2001. And since then, I, I suppose the only way I could see to, to reinvent the brand without Umberto was to take it even more sort of customer centric. So really about products that fix a problem, um, products that you didn't even know you needed, but really transform how you look after your hair. Um, so that's the way we kind of approached it. Um, and with me being sort of lifelong vegetarian, the vegan and cruelty free was was a must for me. So, you know, for all these years, that's been a, a priority. So my my role now is is pretty fabulous, to be honest, because now I have an amazing team of people that do an incredible job day to day. Um, and I have my my really big inputs, I guess, are into new product development still. Um and vision and my absolute sort of baby at the moment, which is sort of ESG and, and all the, um, obviously our B Corp um, and, and just how we can sort of do good business even more beautifully. Absolutely. That's, yeah, fantastic. Do I have it right that actually your curly hair was the inspiration um, for, for that launch the original launch of the range for yeah. um curly hair all right well when I met Umberto I was like oh hairdressing industry oh, they you know they nobody likes curly hair because I've got super curly hair and um he I think he was the first hairdresser I ever met that could actually I let touch my hair yeah <laughs> being Italian he was very used to sort of strong textured hair yeah and just understood that not everybody wants a straight blow dry you know some people like their curls you know, also, um, I guess I sort of taught him about how a hands-off approach curls need. 
you know, so right. hair drying, I'd never, you know, never touch a hairdryer, blah, blah, blah. So so that's how we came up with um, certainly scrunching jelly being the big hero for us. That's, you know, that's still our biggest product um, because it just recognized that, that, you know, not everyone does blow dry their hair. You do scrunch dry with curls. You do let it dry naturally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was creative for me, which is amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, at the very beginning of our talk, we kind of touched on the recent easing of the lockdown restrictions. And would you mind just taking us back over how the past year has been for the brand and any you know key changes that have happened that it might have shaped demand for particular products, any trends that you've really witnessed? Yes, sure. I mean, wow, what a, what a year for everyone. It's, I mean, it's been an incredible piece of market research. Mm. Well, you know, it, you've you've been shown as a brand where your really key products are in your ranges. You know, you kind you kind of know, of course, but when you're a smaller brand like us, we we haven't got huge spends on marketing teams and research. Um, so that was really interesting. We knew our curl customer was incredibly loyal to the brand, so no surprise that you know curl not only maintained its sales but I think people stocked up in case there was a shortage um the obviously the bricks and mortar retail you know quite quite horrific for for brands selling in retail we were very fortunate that um we do also have strong econ so we were already in a good position just just to amplify that we ended our, our you know year to date really we, we're in double digit growth which is incredible and um, the other products, obviously, that that really boomed were at-home hair colour. So, again, very fortuitously, we had launched our home colours, um, Flowerology. And this was very much out of a personal, actually a personal endeavour for me, because I'd been colouring my hair for a lot of years and found I was increasingly getting irritation to the scalp. You know, everything about the process was really awful for me. Um, so wanted to look into more natural options. And um, after sort of two years, really, of, of extensive development, we've launched Flowerology, which is 95% natural. Obviously, vegan and cruelty free, because that was my other problem going into the salon. You know, I've got the pick of the salons, but no vegan and cruelty free. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hair products. So that that was great. And we saw those fly. I mean, there's there's a real bar barrier to home colour because... Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, your hairdresser does such an amazing job. Um, people are quite scared of, oh, my gosh, what if it goes horribly wrong? Um, but actually, it's it's so much easier than people think. And we use these colors in our salons as well. So, you know, we're kind of saying to our stylists and our customers, don't think of it as an either or. Oh, fantastic. And so, I mean, the brand has so many, you know, USPs, as you've mentioned, you know, it, it's vegan and it's also been such a strong champion of, of natural beauty, which at the moment is is such a key trend, isn't it? And But, you know, right from the very start as well, it's always, as you said, had such a strong focus on ethics, doing right, doing good. Tell us a little bit more about that and how that has, you know, helped you as well in recent times. Yes, um, because it's so amazing now, actually, that there is such a focus universally. I mean, certainly, you know, when, when we started the brand um, in those early years, we didn't even put vegan and cruelty-free on, on the bottle because it wasn't a focus. It wasn't an interest um, to anyone other than us. It was our passion, our belief, which is is why that's what we did. And I think the other thing is is actually just 
be being a woman um you know being a woman having had had my own business and and then this business and just coming up against um i guess the prejudice and the issues you face um in the beauty industry we're very lucky because there's a lot of women in good strong roles um but certainly you know in in other industry that that I've worked in with the art business it was a really really tough time often the only the only women on site you know building sites and things were really really tough and and not actually uh, the worst part was actually in the management meetings at the higher level and it just gave me i suppose a, a real fight to 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 make sure that equality um in whatever shape and form was was always a real focus for me so you know in in how i employ people in how i interact with people in how we speak to our own community you know we really really try to make sure that that no one is forgotten and and no one is treated unequal yeah well which leads us perfectly um onto the recent news that you have just been awarded b corp status which is such a fantastic achievement um i mean i'd just love to know more about the background you know what that meant how how you achieved it because i i imagine it's a a huge amount of work so if you could just kind of enlighten us a little bit about that process yes it, it's such a rigorous process you're absolutely right um and you know i i would say to any any brand owner or business owner um go through the process because you learn so you know the process alone is is so good for you even if you don't achieve it first time because um what it does is it just shines a light on areas of your business culture or you know micro areas really that you probably haven't thought about it makes you go off and research more so you know mm-hmm. there's questions about say your water usage in in um an area of your business might not be something that you've got data at your fingertips for sure so what's great about that is it then forces you to go to your manufacturers and your suppliers and push them for the data and in yeah. fact, um you know one of our manufacturers is already b corp and another one is looking to become b corp so we're having a really lovely joined up conversation conversation mm yeah it it's it's a process that um covers so you probably know but broad topics so um you know your team um yeah. and how, how you employ people and and um obviously in the UK we're quite ahead of the game in, in some areas we've got quite strict laws in terms of compliance of products and ingredients compared to the US for example who who I don't think have have looked at their rules for so many years you know that's why it's a lot tougher to get a product um approved in the UK for instance than it is in the US mm-hmm. so already our, our formulas were you know really really strong um and we continually assess you know ingredients and where they're from where we're buying from can we improve that and i guess i guess the bottom line is if you are a business that puts people and planet before profits then you should go for b corp because even if you don't get it you'll see the area where you could improve and it might be something that's easy for you to do you just exactly. haven't yeah. seen it you know now let's hear a bit more about our wonderful partner klarna klarna lets customers pay up to 30 days later or in three installments from thousands of online stores including charlotte tilbury asos and cult beauty Find out more at clowner.com. How long does the process take from start to finish? It probably takes the best part of a year, I would wow. say. And you do need to involve 
you know key people in your team mm. um I think we we took two years I think to get there um just because of uh COVID absolutely and did you find when you were talking earlier about you know finding things out about yourself that you might not was there anything that you uncovered that you thought oh my gosh I, I didn't know that about my business or anything that surprised you to learn um yes I I guess I guess I on two fronts actually a positive and a negative I guess on a positive I I hadn't realized how actually unique it is to be a woman owning a business I hadn't I had I just hadn't accepted that actually that qualified as diversity you know half the planet or thereabouts to think that you're in a a minority group there is is crazy isn't it so so that um we're an all-female team actually uh and you know I'm just a big promoter of of women in in every form I can be um so that that was interesting and then I'd say Things I hadn't thought about, uh, I I mentioned the water usage of our our suppliers and how that they make some of their things. So we'd obviously got all of our, you know, vegan and cruelty free. We'd got um, any organics where we wanted them, any soil. We'd got all of those certifications and some of the broader environmental um, certifications, but hadn't really dug any deeper. Um, And then also we'd, we'd already closed our head office and moved to virtual home offices um, back in 2019. Um, and that was part of our sort of carbon footprint and, and analysing, you know, our impact. Oh, so you were well, you know, well prepared then. Yes, definitely. But I guess what we hadn't done is then looked at, um, and this is something that B Corp sort of prompted us to do, how much we were then um, uh, monitoring our impact in, in our home offices so, you know, just down to just little things that you can do in terms of, you know, all our home offices now, we we only use green energy. Um, but, you know, that, that's quite tricky because you're asking people to change their energy supplies at home. We, you know, we're really lucky. We've got an incredible team and we all share the same passion for the environment and for change. So it was it was easy. But I, I can imagine the bigger the team, the harder those sorts of changes could be. So what has it meant to you? You know, what what do you see that, you know, what's the major benefit of, of having achieved this accreditation? Uh, I think, um, first of all, it's a personal pride for all of us in the team. Mm. Um, it's still not widely known. It's a bit like our vegan and cruelty free 20 years ago. It's still not widely known. But it was so tough to make vegan and cruelty free products 20 years ago. You know, and and it's been tough to get through B Corp, but I think it's growing. I, I, nearly 500 businesses in the UK now, but I think about three and a half thousand, if I'm correct, in the US. And it, and there's interest in B Corp because it's it's shorthand for being a business that cares. Um, you know, so it means that to us. And I think uh, commercially, you know, some of our retailers, Boots, Waitrose, Ocado, they're having B Corp areas now. Um, so that for consumers that want to buy ethically, it again, it's your time to say, right, I can buy that. They're thinking about everything all the way through their supply chain. And, you know, no business is perfect because the world isn't perfect. But if you're buying a B Corp, you know that it's constantly being assessed. 
Absolutely. Oh, it's it's fantastic. And well, and another thing I wanted to just touch on was the the, the movement towards natural beauty uh, that we mentioned earlier. You know, at the moment there is such a, a growing backlash, isn't there, against you know the use of filters and digital augmentation. But you guys have always championed you know that, that that natural beauty ethos. And I'm just wondering, you know, how you've seen that kind of develop over time and and how it translates into your own business yes well again another interesting one and 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 sort of in both ways really one we're a brand that promotes natural looks so we've always been very much about your natural hair hair texture and enhancing it you know we we the products that we produce are we think the sort of essential products to really promote your own beautiful hair Um, so there's that kind of element of natural and um and then in terms of the natural ingredients, so we are, we've, as I said, we've launched Flowerology, which is our natural hair colour. And we've also got some 97% natural um, uh, colourant products, temporary colourant products. Um, our Grow Long range, which is a fantastically successful range with be- beautiful scalp scrubs and all sorts. That's, again, you know, 97% natural. So we're really... Um, we see that something that will really continue. I think hair care is a very, very tricky category, you know, because a product either works or it doesn't, and you will get somebody sticking with it. You know, it's not bubble bath. It's got to work, hasn't it? Um, so there's certain products that I think, you know, it, it'll be tricky. It's tricky to replace a hairspray with non-aerosols and all of those things. You know, it's tricky. Um, we've got a great non-aerosol mousse, actually, but it doesn't sell anywhere near a traditional mousse in terms of quantity because I think there's an education still to do on naturals. So, you know, it's exciting, though, because once people do try it and then do understand the benefits to the environment as well as to their own skin and body as a result of absorbing, um, you know, the chemicals and ingredients, that we will move more towards it. Of course, Again, like I said earlier, it's not a perfect world. So, so naturals themselves present problems of how they're grown and harvested, and all of, of those course. things. Yeah, um, and that's the balance. You know, it's there's no there's no perfect way to do things. It's much more about finding that balance, um, and you know, purchasing for us as consumers as well, purchasing in in a responsible way. Yeah, yeah, quite. Well, gosh, you've certainly kicked off the year with 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 a huge amount of action and, and achievements I mean what's what's next on the agenda well we we've just launched our natural hair colors in Target in the US okay which is incredibly exciting um crazy timing but um yeah that's amazing I mean that's such a challenge for us because we're you know we're a new brand in the US and it's a big and tricky market as we know so we're just feeling our way there now so Certainly, our, our international expansion is is a really big one for us. We have an, an in-house ambition to be the number one curl brand in the world because we, if we give our scrunching jelly to somebody, they will never not use it. So um, that's something we really we're really going after. We've got some nice distribution in New Zealand and and yet various other places. Um, so yeah, that that's that's a great one. Fantastic, exciting times ahead. Oh, well, listen, it's been so inspiring to talk to you. I've, I've absolutely loved it. And I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you so, so much. And, you know, all the best for, for the rest of 2021.
Thank you. You too. It's been really great. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Beauty Edit podcast. You can access our podcasts, including our in-conversation and in-detail series for fashion at the industry.fashions homepage or via Spotify, Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts. Just remember to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.